Welcome back, everybody, to the Young Adult Audio Podcast. I apologize in advance for my voice. I am catching kind of a seasonal cold over here, Um, so just please bear with me. I want to give a shout out to the UK, um, to all of my listeners in the UK, supporters. Um, A lot of books have been bought from people in the UK, so I just want to give a shout out to the people in the UK for all of this support for this podcast. I love you guys, and I love all my listeners, don't get me wrong, but shout out to the UK. Um, So, alright, we are getting started with chapter 16. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. It is the Young Adult Audio Podcast. I am reading from the book The Immortal Mage Chronicles at YA Audio Podcast is on Facebook. Um, And again, the book is The Immortal Chronicles um, by Maria Grant. So check it out. Listen to the podcast. And yeah, let's get started. Chapter 16. I think I found something. It's been a week since fall break and Calissa is still very quiet. Leo has been trying to distract her, but to no avail. She spends most of her time in her bedroom with midnight, not bothering to shower, go to class, or even eat. She claims her body hurts, and she's sad. Safrina thinks she might be depressed, and Leo has no idea how to help her. Hey. Did you know that some supplements can lead to you having blue skin? Chase states out of nowhere. It's called Smurf Syndrome. Look, this guy died from it. We're in the library looking for a way to help Calissa with her depression. So, friend and deadpans, why are you looking up Smurfs? Chase puts the book down and frowns. I was looking for any type of medicine that might be able to help when I came across his warning. Chase defends himself. Sue me. Can we please get back to the issue at hand? Trevor holds up his own book. So are we just dismissing the whole Smurf syndrome thing? Chase pounces. Time and a place, Chase, Trevor warns. Ooh, I think I found something, Abigail speaks up. Exercise help. It releases endorphins. Uh, if she's already aching, I doubt exercise will help. Lear frowns. Have her make small goes, then maybe. Abigail keeps reading. Like, today we start with her getting showered. Because yesterday, us girls had to go wake her up and the room smelled like shit. Uh, she has a cat. I'm probably sure it did shit. Chase tells Abigail who wrinkles her nose. Ew. Then step one. Have her take care of midnight. Zinc offers. Then we convince her to shower. I vote for taking her out back and unleashing the holes like I do my dogs. Abigail smirks. Safrina throws a pin at the redhead girl's face. Hey, don't be an ass. Safrina warns. Oh, sorry. Abigail whines. Old habits. Die hard. It's crazy when you think about it. Chase leans back in his seat. 
Calissa has been abused by her mom all these years because her mom regrets the fact that she chose Calissa over her own husband. She should protect her own child, Safrina Tisk. That's what any decent parent would do. Yeah, her mistress isn't that decent of a person, though. Zink tuts. Because she probably hates herself for what she did, Chase counters. That type of regret can really eat away at a person. As it should, Leah comments. You think your husband wants to sacrifice your child, so instead of leaving or confronting him, you what, kill him? A bit extreme, if you ask me. You think Calissa's grandmother knew about it? Trevor questions Leo. Like, beforehand? Well, I mean, she alluded to the fact that she's the one who helped the headmistress. So I would say, yeah. Leo admits. Zinc whistles. Damn. Chase chuckles. Cold family right there. Don't mess with them. Not to change the subject, but I'm worried about Imani. Zinc interrupts. He's been thinking about this off and on since he learned that she might have been slipped an elixir. She could be in potential danger and not know. What do you suggest we do? Leah asks. We have no proof and you can't get a vision about what happened. Yeah, but Zink's hunters are always spot on, Chase states. We could at least tell a nurse or something so they can monitor her for changes. Right. Leah snorts. Like any medical professional at this school will listen to a bunch of kids. Mm, not a medical professional, but a detective would. So Frina th um, begins to think about it. He'll investigate at least. Ooh, that's a good idea. Trevor nods. Hey, Zink. Maybe the two of us should go together. Talk to Larson. Then talk to Imani. She might be willing to share anything she learned <clears throat> if I'm there since I was also taken. You sure? Zink looks to his friend. Zink knows that Trevor has been trying to forget and avoid any situation that will lead to him being reminded of the idea that he experienced. Just because Zink wants to delve more into the Imani situation doesn't mean he'll drag Trevor into it as well. Even if Trevor would be helpful. Just seeing Calissa be tough despite all that she's going through, Trevor shrugs. It makes me want to be a bit braver as well. I'll come with. I know which dorm hall she stays in. We can get to her room from that dorm lead. Okay then. Zink nods as he stands, starting to gather his books so he can put them away. Ooh, I'll come with, Abigail stands. Calissa seeing my face doesn't make her want to be all joyful. Chase stifles a laugh. Well, at least you know how much of a prick you are, Leah mumbles, not knowing Abigail can hear her. Suck me. Abigail glares and leaves the room, books still on the table. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Leah laughs. Girl has supernatural hearing. Yeah, she developed great hearing because she's nosy as hell. Chase comments on that note. Zink chuckles. We'll let you guys know what happens on our end. Zink waves him off and he and Trevor are gone as well. Well, Leo leans back in his chair. Anyone to go to Calissa's with me? Mm, sure. 
chase stands and stretches. She's cool people. I want to make sure she's okay. Anyone else? Leo looks to the two remaining girls. Hmm, I'm down. Safrina joins her. I'll stay here. Leah waves her book. This is interesting and I don't handle sad people really well. <clears throat> Leo smiles and nods. He already knows this. Lier's the type who hates people who are exhibiting any kind of extreme emotion. Mainly it's because she has no idea how to cope with it. Doesn't know what to say or do. Alright then. Leo leads the charge to Calista's room. He tries to call her phone as like a courtesy heads up, but she doesn't answer. <gasps> the three of them show up to her room in a timely fashion. She doesn't answer their knock, so Leo does an unlocking spell. He pushes the door open and holds his breath. It really does smell like shit. Calissa is laid out on the bed, blanket over her head. The fan is blowing right at her and her clothes are thrown all over the floor. The litter box is completely full and there's no water. Safrina's brow twitches in disapproval. Alright, get the hell up. Safrina snatches the covers off and a naked Calissa is revealed. Her eyes go wide and so does Leo's. Holy shit, Chase shouts. I see your nipples. Leo punches Chase and drags him into the hallway. I saw her nipples, dude. I will kill you, Leo warns. Chase stif stifles a smile and rocks on his heels. Forget what you saw. <laughs> Man, I can't. Chase shakes his head, but I won't tease, I promise. He's serious about it, too. Calissa didn't willingly show her body to him, so he has no right to bring this up again. All right, you two. Safrina calls. Leo glares at Chase and the two enter the room. Calissa has on a gown now and she's sitting on the bed with flushed cheeks. Leo looks down in secondhand embarrassment. Now, Calissa, Safrina starts. You can be sad, you can be depressed, you can be whatever it is you want to be. However, you agreed to get a cat because you wanted something to care for and you wanted someone to need you. That means you are responsible for this creature. He has no water, he has no food, and he can't even find a first place to use the bathroom. That's unacceptable. Calissa opens her mouth and then closes it like a fish gasping for water. We care about you, Calissa. Leo talks next. Is there something you want to discuss? Is there anything we can do? I can make you an appointment with a counselor, he offers. No. Calissa shakes her head. I'm not depressed, honestly, she admits. I've just been having a lot of self-doubt. I thought that if I let you guys be around me anymore, then it would do nothing but cause problems. I guess in the process of me hating myself, I let my responsibilities go. I can't tell you how to feel about yourself, Will tells his girlfriend. But what I can do is say that I'm not going anywhere. I have fun with you and I enjoy your company. I want you as a friend and my girlfriend. I don't care about your past or what might or might not have happened. I'm glad you're alive and none of what is happening is your fault. True to form, Calissa cries. It's not an ugly cry or a sad cry. It's a cry of hope and joy. Leo hugs her close. <clears throat> And then joins Chase and Safrina. They pour everything that they have into that hug and hope to let her know that she's loved. 
even if she can't really love herself right now. As they pull apart, they start the process of cleaning up the room and taking care of Midnight. As the four of them are doing that, Zinc has just left from giving Larson all of his thoughts and is now in the dorm hall of Imani. Hi, my name is Abigail. Abigail introduces herself to the dorm maid. Imani is in my homeroom and she missed some important information that I wanted to give to her. She said that she was on the second hall, but what room? The dorm lady looks at Abigail's identity. Let me text her to come get you, the dorm lady suggests. Abigail shrugs and after three minutes, a confused looking Imani comes to greet her. Hello? Imani says it like a question. Hey, I am Trevor. Imani's eyes widen as she takes Trevor's awkward hand. Hi, Imani's voice is quiet now, soft. Come, follow me. She leads the way to her room. It's just her at the moment, so the roommate must be out. <clears throat> My uh, roommate is gone for a few, so we can chat, Imani states. Please sit. Trevor sits in her black office chair while Zink sits in the roommates. Abigail goes for sitting on the bed beside Imani. It's funny how we never really talked before. Trevor breaks the awkward tension in the, in the room. Imani gives a half smile. Very true. Imani goes real quiet. They, uh, tell me that you were discovered in the warehouse with me. Right, it, it was your friend that saved us. Yeah, she led the police to us, Trevor corrects. Can you tell her thanks for me? Imani questions. Of course, Trevor passes chest. I'll let her know. I was wondering if you would ever want to talk about what happened. Imani scratches her nose as she talks. I've wanted to, you know, but no one else knows what we experienced. It really didn't seem right to share with them. I know what you mean, Trevor swallows. I'm glad I've blocked it all out. I thought I had no memory either. Imani looks down. Tears start rolling down her face and Abigail wraps an arm around her shoulder. I don't remember their faces. But I remember someone telling me that they would kill me if I didn't agree to join their coven. I didn't want to die. I said I would join, but they gave me some type of liquid to drink. Said I had to get ready first. Fuck. Zink gasped. I was scared. Imani recalls. I didn't want to end up like Georgia. She was brave. I wasn't. You're human. Abigail tells her. Anyone would have made that choice. It's normal to cave under pressure. It's called duress. You didn't do it because of your own free will. True? Trevor agrees. I'm not brave either. And I'm pretty sure if they gave me the same offer, I would have taken it too. But... I think that I want to be brave now. We came today because I overheard that you've been raised an entire color status in a few days. Zinc jumps to the point. I did research. And the components needed to create such an elixir could have negative side effects. Imani's eyes look wide. She balls her hands tightly and places them in her lap. 
a single tear falling down her right cheek. My hands. Imani stares at them with a somber expression. They get numb occasionally. It's like I can't feel them. My professor said there might be something to count on a of that caliber. Zink tries to be optimistic. He said that nature always provides. I think he meant if the ingredients are natural, then something from nature can counter the effects. That would be too hopeful, Imani admits. I've been feeling like something was wrong since I came back. I've heard about taboo elixirs before. They end up killing more than they help. I might have been a test subject. Maybe not. Trevor stops her. You said that they told you that they needed you to be ready to join. They wouldn't have given you that elixir if they thought that you were going to die. Not if they needed members to join. You think? Imani's eyes are, are shining. Trevor nods because he's sure of it. It's possible, yes. Trevor leaves some room for error. He doesn't want to tell her that she'll be fine and then she ends up dying. But he's convinced she'll be okay after all of it. That's kind of a bad thing though, right? Abigail looks at Trevor. If it works, and she already agreed to be part of that coven, then won't they want her back? It's a fair point. One Imani never thought of herself. Fear creeps into her mind and takes over her entire body. Larson already knows about our theory. Zink jumps in. You, you should ask him for protection. See what happens next. Maybe new developments have been made and you're no longer a target. Oh, please. Trevor snorts. He said that he was going to protect me and I still got taken. My advice is pretend like you've gotten weaker. If anything, spell an object and create a limiter that people wouldn't recognize. Test again and let them see that you've gone down a color or two. But that will only work with someone in this school. Imani trails off of her mouth, opens a gate. It couldn't be, could it? You really think someone in this school is responsible? Or a part of the bigger picture, yeah. Trevor nods. That's so fucked up. Imani scratches her head. I think I just need to process on my own. Imani doesn't verbally dismiss them, but her bodily actions make it clear if she's done with this conversation. It's a lot to handle. So none of them blame her for needing some alone time. Here's my number. Trevor pulls out his phone in case you need to reach me. He rattles off his number before the three of them pile up the room. Now they are walking back to Trevor's dorm. Upon arrival, Chase is laid out on Trevor's bed. Chase is throwing a ball up in the air and catching it, and Trevor sees it and snatches a ball before pushing Chase into the floor. Ouch! Chase grumbles. He hastily stands. What is your problem? You always fart on my bed and make it stink, Trevor glares, and Chase glares right back before bursting into a fit of giggles. <sighs> Childish. Abigail tuts. How did it go with Calissa? Trevor sits on his bed and catches the ball that Chase throws again. She said that she wasn't oppressed, just doing some good old-fashioned self-loathing. <sighs> Chase yawns as he moves from standing to sitting on his own bed. Leo's with her now, helping her clean up and take care of midnight. Safrina put her foot up Calissa's ass. Oh man, it was great. Well, things with Imani went good too. Zinx slinks into the spot beside Trevor. Trevor was able to connect with her, I think. Oh? 
Chase raises a brow. Proper marriage type shit, huh? Chase rubs at his nose. Harley. Trevor rolls his eyes. I just know what she's going through. She has mild side effects of the drug they gave her, but she seems fine overall. She said that she agreed to join their coven. Wow. Chase can feel his jaw dropping. She actually agreed to work with those sickos? It was either agree or die. Trevor frowned. She chose life. I would have done the same thing. But how do you know? Chase points. You can't remember a damn thing that happened. Trevor narrows his eyes into a glare. What? You know I'm right. You refuse to remember what happened because you can't cope with the memories. Not cool, Abigail wishes in a harsh tone. I'm just being honest, Chase shrugs. I don't mean any harm by it. I'm a coward. I would have folded and passed out the moment I was kidnapped. But at least I'm honest about it. So you're saying I'm not honest? Tra Trevor can feel himself growing angrier. He's not sure if it's because what is being said is the truth or if it's because it's coming from his best friend Chase. Let's hear it then. Chase drops the ball as he opens his arms wide. Why don't you want to remember what happened? Why do you think they never came back to look for you? Did they even need you at all? What was the point of everything? Have you even been asking yourself these questions? Trevor opens his mouth openly to close it. Trevor opens his mouth only to close it. This has been the underlying problem he's been facing. What was the point in taking him? They were in the process of killing him before he was saved. But why? Why was his life worth so little to him? What was the purpose? He's been afraid that if he remembers what happened, it'll make the incident more real. He's afraid that by him remembering, he'll be afraid of every shadow. I don't want to live my life in fear. Trevor swallows as she responds. You don't have to respond if you don't want to, Abigail assures him. Chase has his head up his own ass right now. Ignore him. I do not. Chase raises his voice a bit. My siblings are out there risking their lives to work with Detective Larson on this case. And Trevor can't even have enough courage to remember what happened. It's frustrating. Chase yells. He doesn't mean to shout. He's not the type of person to raise his voice. It seems like all the others think so too because they are staring at him with dropped jaws. Sucking his teeth out of frustration, he jumps from his bed and grabs his door and keys before slamming the door behind him. No one follows. He's not even sure why he's so angry all of a sudden. It all started when he was with Leo and the others. He got a text from his own brother stating that the two Simmons would be working with Larson on a couple leads. The thing is, though, he's scared. Chase is worried sick that his siblings will discover something and end up killed. It happens in the movies all the time. Chase isn't strong enough to protect them. He's not witty enough like Zinc to figure anything else out. He's simply not powerful. He's average. It's never bothered him before. He likes being average. But right now, it feels crippling. Chase's siblings are only here because he asked them to come. Yes, they said that they had something to check out, but they weren't going to come physically. Now they might get hurt and Chase can't help but feel a sense of foreboding. So he's mad. 
He's mad because he can't do anything about the situation, but Trevor can. Trevor's smart, talented, and strong, and he has the potential to be an incredible mage and lead a coven one day. Yet the team is neglecting all of that talent because he's scared of being scared? It's annoying. Chase would get everything for a taste of that, for the ability to be a hero. He slams his fist into the wall at the thought. Chase is nothing but a failure. And his best friend is nothing more than a coward. Great. As Chase walks into the backcourt yard, it's crowded. More than normal. People are bustling about, soaking up the sun and laughing amongst friends. It's like for them, the world is going on normally, as if nothing could ever touch them. Meanwhile, Chase feels like his world is one push away from falling apart. Chase? A young sounding voice calling his name brings him out of his thoughts. He looks up and sees Nia waving to him from one of the tables. She's surrounded by a bunch of people, but pills away to come running up to Chase. Nia is 17. Chase first met her when he was 14 and was playing football. She was practicing a spell and misfired, and as a result, her hair caught on fire. However, the flames weren't normal. They were blue and felt cold to the touch. Needless to say, he's had a crush ever since. This girl is gorgeous. She has long auburn brown hair that's so curly and full. She has a wild, a wide smile that reaches her honey brown eyes. She's short in heart, but she's short in height, but large in personality. She's an orange and never stops trying to better herself, no matter how many times she fails. Chase has a bit of a crush. Ugh, Chase, I haven't seen you in forever. Nia gushes as she wraps her arms, her short arms around his torso. He returns to gesture and kind. <clears throat> yeah, Chase throws the back of his neck. I've been worried about Trevor and all, he admits. Nia hums and smiles to him as she rocks on her heels. I heard she states his heart as he, as his eyes go wide a bit. Never thought it would be a good thing to not be on the top of your class, huh? She plays it off as a joke, but Trevor almost died, and Chase can't seem to find himself to laugh at that. Yeah, sometimes you just need a gout of your own head, Chase randomly bursts out. He has no idea where it came from, considering she wasn't even talking about anything close to what he has just said. She doesn't seem to mind, however, just giggles. <laughs> Random, but okay. She laughs. Well, follow me then. She grabs his arm as she trips over his feet to follow behind her. As she's being dragged along, he can't help but to allow his eyes to wander up and down her gorgeous frame. He sighs and want. They end up going to the gym, which is a separate building behind the main building, and to the side of the back courtyard. It's called the Frankfurt Building. An email went out on Monday stating no one was supposed to be here. Ah, the gym is closed, Chase tells her as he pulls on the locked handle for emphasis. Only to those without a key. She lowers her voice and winks as she pulls out a key from her pocket. This place is protected against unlocking spells, but since I'm a student council, I get a master key. She puts in the key on doors unlock. I had no idea you were on student council. Chase walks into the building behind her, still in all the new information he just uncovered. Mm-hmm. Nia hums. Past two years, I've been treasure. She starts walking past the lobby and they venture straight ahead. There are various rooms to the left and right of them and eventually stop at the locker rooms for the pool. You really want to go swimming? 
Chase heads into the woman's locker behind her as they cross it to get to the pool. I don't have any trunks. Are you wearing underwear? Neil asks. Chase flushes as he prays his briefs look okay. He already knows where this is going. Don't laugh, he warns. He pulls off his shirt in one swoop and then drops his pants with ease. He breathes a sigh of relief when he notices that he's wearing his clean black briefs. He mentally thanks Treasure, Trevor for doing laundry. Not sure why I thought you were a boxer kind of guy. Nia jokes as she strips to her matching black and yellow bra and underwear set. Not sure why I thought you were more of a thong kind of girl. Chase takes a chance to flirt. She laughs loud enough to fill the empty space and Chase wants to bottle up the sound. I usually go commando. She winks and then she's jumping into the pool. Chase licks his lips and joins her. Like, how often? Chase swims so he's facing her while her back is to the edge of the pool. He closes in on her and the movement causes wave ripples to move the water. He can feel his own breath panting, probably coating her cheeks. How often what? She goes for Koi. Do you go commando? He further explains, not bothering to flirt anymore. He feels hot and bothered all over. His day was going crappy, but now it just might be looking up. Would you like to see? Nia smirks. Chase feels himself nod dumbly. Laughing, Nia ducks under Chase's arms and takes off towards the deep end. You have to catch me first. Chase likes the challenge. He welcomes it. Pushing off the floor of the pool, since he's only in the three feet section, he dashes to the six feet section to catch Nia. As he reaches five feet, suddenly he can no longer stay afloat. He feels as if something has grabbed his legs and is pulling him under. Some strong force, he fights the water splashing around. Chlorine is getting in his lungs and he can't keep the water out. His frightened eyes look to Nia, who just floats at the edge of the six feet section, unmoving. The burning sensation fills his body up as he gives up the fight. He can't breathe anymore. Chase closes his eyes and blocks out. He comes to in the cold ground in the pool hall. Nia is crying as she pumps on his chest. Chase feels himself spit up water before coughing harshly. His throat feels like it's on fire. Shit. Chase curses. This must be punishment for trying to get in your underwear. He tries to joke, but deep down he can't help but wonder if Nia took him here to kill him, warn him maybe that he is not untouchable. It's just strange. One moment he's arguing with Trevor, then he's storming out into the courtyard, and next thing Chase knows he's meeting up with Nia randomly and gets dragged into an empty pool hall where he almost drowned. It's just suspicious. I'm sure God has more to worry about than horny teenagers. Nia sits down beside Chase and wipes at her eyes. I'm not good in situations like this. I freeze up. I was watching you drown and I couldn't move. Ah, so that's what happened, Chase thinks. It felt like something was pulling on my leg. Chase sits up as he hugs his knees. Maybe that's why the pool was closed on Monday. Nia stands and extends her hand. Chase thanks her as he takes the offered help. I'm thinking so as well. Chase stands and stretches, his back all of a sudden aching. I think I'm going to go back to my dorm, lay down, you know? Almost drowning seems to have tired me out a bit. Let me walk you, Nia offers. No, Chase doesn't mean to shout. Noah, it's okay. 
I stay in Norton Building. Why are you still on the other side of campus in the South End Building? No need. He lowers his voice and hopes he doesn't sound rude. He's not too sure if this is a setup or not. So he wouldn't want her knowing which rooms he's in. Right. She nods but doesn't say a word. They dress in silence and walk out with an awkward wave to each other. He's soaking wet. So he does a quick drying spell as he walks back to his dorm. In the next room is Zinc, but no Trevor. Zinc is laid out on Trevor's bed, playing a puzzle app on his phone. He sits up upon Chase entering and raises his brows as he watches Chase strip off his clothing in frustration. What's up? Zinc nods his head. Where's Trevor? Chase responds as he takes off his briefs and gets under the covers. Zinc scrunches up his nose in disgust. He was frustrated with you, so I think he texts some girl to spend some time with. Zing states with an uninterested and uninterested yawn. Chase rolls his eyes. I'm just in here because Abigail's taking over my room to discuss girly things with Safrina, Calissa, and Leo. Great. I'm over here dying and he's getting his rocks off. Chase sucks his teeth in anger. Zink is alert now. You what? Zink damn near shouts, puzzle long forgotten. Chase huffs and turns on his side so he's facing Zink. Ugh. Chase groans. I was just walking in the courtyard when Nia met up with me. Student counsel Nia? Zink wants to confirm. Right. Chase nods. How did you even know that? Do you seriously not know who's on the student council? Zink states in bewilderment before. Remember who he's talking to? Right. Of course it's you. I take offense. Chase shoots Zink the bird. Anyways. She and I get to talking. Next thing I know, she's dragging me into the gym so we can go swimming in our underwear. Nice. Zing interrupts. Yeah, I thought so too. Until this part. Chase continues. So I'm laying on the flirt. She's falling for it. Next thing I know, it's like someone is grabbing onto my legs and dragging me underwater. I'm drowning, dude. And at first, she was just looking at me, unmoving. Holy shit. Zink covers his mouth as he hears what Chase has just went through. Yep, I completely blacked out. Chase continues. When I wake up, she's doing some weird chest pumps and crying, full on tears, man. Admit it, she froze up and then says some type of spell to pull me up out the water. I thought I was going to die, dude. My lungs felt like they were on fire. I believe it. Zink feels a bit lightheaded right now. He has no idea what he would have done if Chase died. He doesn't want to think about it. <coughs> I'm probably riding the conspiracy train, but I can't help but think maybe she planned all this. Chase thinks I felt like she wanted to send a message or something that I'm not untouchable. Could be. Zink shrugs. Zink is a total conspiracy theorist, so he doesn't discount anything as plausibility. Or maybe that's why the pool was closed in the first place. Maybe someone got hurt because there's a spell in the water. That was my second guess, Chase admits. I wonder who's on the swim team. Maybe we should ask them. Zink frowns before pulling on his cell. He goes to the school's homepage and scrolls through active clubs. There are no pictures for this year, so he looks for last year. He almost drops his phone when he sees on the swim team. I know her, Zink whispers. Who? Chase jumps out of his bed. Ew, Zink pulls away. Put on some fucking pants. Okay, okay, touching. Chase tests as he goes to find some underwear from his drawer. So, who do you know? This tall blonde one in the back. Zink points. Hot. Zink grabs the phone from... Chase grabs the phone from Zink and then hands it back.
No, you don't get it. Zink tries to express his concern. She's a seer like me. We've been working with Porter for the headmistress. That one guy who you said Bradley told you to stay away from? Chase tries to remember. Yeah, Zink nods. Didn't Porter say to stay away from Bradley too? Chase also remembers. Yep. So what are you going to do? Chase is back and stares with me. I'm going to go to her dorm, Zing stands. She stays in the Hillman wing of the South Building with the upperclassmen girls. I know this because I heard Porter mention it one day. Good luck then. Chase waves him off as Zing rushes out of his building and heads to the building across from this one. He arrives and goes to the first floor. He sees a short red head drinking a bottle of water and texts on her phone. Hey, my name is Zink. I was wondering if you know where Christina lives. Zink tries to put on his nice voice. Um, which one? The girl stops drinking and cocks her head. Not sure. I was told to talk to her for the headmistress. Um, Zing tries to think for last name. Nothing. She's tall, skinny, blonde, 21. Oh, that Christina, the redhead nice. Gotcha. From 342. Thank you. Zing waves and rushes upstairs. He's actually slightly concerned that the girl just gave out this information so easily, but he's convenient. But it's convenient for him at the moment. He gets to 342 and grows worried when he sees the door wide open. He knocks and enters only halfway to see that half the room is empty. He continues on into the room. What? Zing looks to Christina, who has one black duffel on her bed. What are you doing here? Christina looks angry all of a sudden, and she talks to Zink. Wondering why you're moving. Zink gets distracted from his main purpose. How did you even know that? She throws her hands in the air. I saw it in a vision, he lies. Is this about the pool? It is, isn't it? He goes with it, hoping to get some more information. Fuck! She curses. Forget what you saw. I'm not saying anything. And if you were smart, you would keep your head down and let this blow over. Look, I have to go. She zips up her duffel bag and rushes out of the room, making sure not to touch Zink. Zink is left frozen in half the room. He's not sure how long he just stands there, but another girl's into the room with her eyebrows raised. Who are you? She folds her arms over her chest. Sorry. Zink apologizes. I was trying to get Christina to stay, but she simply left. Wouldn't you? This is the. This must be the roommate. Because she so goes to sit on the bed. Like, Christina could have died from that hex in the water. Not even the teachers have been able to undo the effects fully. She's a target for something. It's best if she leaves. All they could do was say a counter spell quick enough to pull her out of that hex, but the hex is still in the pool. Some seriously dark shit went down. Yeah, get that. Zink nods and pretends he knew this information already when in reality his mind is completely blown. Anyways, it was nice to see you. Zink leaves and tries not to have shaky legs. Christina saw something she shouldn't have and someone tried to kill her right here on campus. Zink walks back to his room where everyone seems to have gathered but Trevor. Chase filled us in. Abigail's the first to talk. How did it go with Christina? Someone tried to kill her. Zing blurts out. Everyone's eyes go wide. They put a hex in the pool. It was so strong, all anyone could do was nullify it long enough to save her life, but they can't get rid of it. 
She moved out. She warned me to keep my head down. Fuck. Chase said the exact same thing Zink did. Are you going to try and get a vision? Sofrina inquires. No. Zink stays friendly. Whatever Christina saw was enough to spook her to run away. I don't want the same heat to fall on my shoulders. He admits in, sh he admits in shame. Maybe that's why Trevor was so adamant about not remembering what happened. Chase finally understands. He's scared. Yeah, man. Zink confesses. I'm scared. I'm going to see something that will lead me to my own death. If anything, I'll pass this along to Larson, but I'm not a hero. I'm just a teenager. Chase, you should be lucky Nia knew a spell to save you. But how did she know that spell? Chase asks. I don't know. Zink acknowledges. I really don't know anything right now. The room is silent, and rightly so. It's true. None of them know what's going on, why it's happening, or who's behind it. All they know is that they are a bunch of teenagers trying to make it another day. If Christina says keep their heads down, that's what they'll do.